everyone! Happy holidays, because we're politically correct on this show, and welcome to A Pint With Peter, an informative and somewhat comedy podcast where me and my friend Chris sit down with my dad and we try to bridge the intergenerational gap. Let's hope. Now, Dad, <laughs> you were playing the Fallout Boys cover of um, We Didn't Start the Fire, and it seems very fitting because Chris is isolating. No. He is currently with us through FaceTime. We've managed to record. I hope he gets well. Oh, I'm fine. So, do you know the song, the Fallout Boy? It's a cover of an old Billy Joel song. It was uh, pretty big when I was a kid. We didn't start the fire. It's, it's covering newsworthy stuff from, um, I guess, 89, which was just before when you were born, up until the present day. I was going to say, just for anyone that hasn't heard it, they've updated the song, haven't they, to include things like COVID, Marvel's expansion. Uh, what else, Chris? What, what I don't know. It's, it's, it's quite depressing, Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah, Trump. I was saying to Dad, it, it proves my point of how much our generation has uh, lived through. I wouldn't argue with that. I um, think you um, have seen Fallout Boy recently, haven't yes, you? Yes, I went. Oh. Just at the end of November. Excellent. Where did you see them? Uh, I still call it the MEN arena, but it's the AO ah, arena. Ah, big arena, yeah. yeah. So you see things have changed. And I, and I would say they've sold it out, definitely. Amazing, isn't it? Pop anyway. going to come back. That's good. Good. That's very good. Anyway, welcome back, all, all you music lovers out there. This is Old Man Weed talking. I don't think we've got many drug references today, Russell. No, good. Well, be glad like to I said, hear. It feels like a Christmas special. Yeah, I, I better keep it clean, hadn't I? Or should it be, I've weed. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. Anyway, I'm reconnecting with you. So greetings, guys and girls. I'm back. Let's see how good Chris is on modern vocabulary. So let's riss up the folks listening. Does that verb mean anything to you, Chris? Oh, Rissing I, up? Riss? Um, no. Apparently it's word of the year. It's all linked to charisma, apparently, oh. but uh, I probably had a charisma bypass, so it won't uh, it won't count. Or you can snap out of the goblin mode. Are you familiar with the term goblin mode? I've heard of goblin mode, yeah. Oh, right. I, I don't know, I associate goblin with someone creepy. Is that what it... I, I think so, yeah. I think you're thinking orcs and so on and so forth. They were goblins. Or, or, or you yeah. know people that just stay inside all day playing games or something. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, they're a bit of a, like... Yeah. Oh, no, I kind of get... Yeah, goblin mode. They're a bit like um, Smeagol, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you do, Chris, don't go keying in goblin mode because I can't imagine what you could, you'll find. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've just done it. Oh, right, right. It's all about word of the year, though. Yeah, so that was last year. But it, I've told you before, I remember a long while ago, working with kids, um, we were keying in Alfred the Great. That's uh, That was my downfall. What are you smiling at, Russell? <laughs> anyway. anyway, I hope you're all surviving the latest McClurries of global bad news, to link in with what you just said. I guess if you look back over the... I've called them podcasts here. Do you like that? Podcasts. Podcasts. What that, was that's that? for listeners. What, what what was that um, show you used to watch? Was it called Firecats or something? Because you guys grew up on cartoons, didn't you? Thundercats. Thundercats. Wow. I think it was probably just past our time. I think it? it was. I think Thundercats was late 80s. So Thundercats for teens or was for Thundercats for younger people? Or 
young yeah young teens mm. like i think it's been one of those things that's recently tried to be revived okay. i think on netflix and cartoon network but of course didn't go down well right. so what was it about kind of people being chased by pussy <laughs> <laughs> Pussies, sorry. No, it, it, it was like He-Man. If, uh, if oh, you know, He-Man. He-Man. Right, okay. You know, a lot of muscly men and then oh your God. generation now wonders why so many people are homosexual. So it's all down to He-Man and Thundercats, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, anyway, if, if you look back over the podcasts, I always clearly, like you're trying to do, pin down every episode with some reference to current events. I think the problem is keeping it current, keeping it contemporaneous, it can come over as being pretty grim, can't it? Pretty grimy and... um, I wouldn't disagree with you two guys because we always try to uh, you know, connect with how you are feeling about the age you are and the generation you belong to and how it differs from what I knew. I mean, last few weeks, what have you had? You've had the Tory by-election collapse. You've had the Covid inquiry that's ongoing. AI, Ukraine, and of course the latest, just so when we're listening to this in five years' time, God knows what will happen. You've got Rwanda which is a weird one, isn't it? But why I mention it is all this, I guess, has been sidelined. It's been completely overtaken by events in Israel. And I have to say, you know, half a century ago, as a kid, as a 20-year-old, I was in Israel, and um, I recently looked at the uh, you know, detailed maps of Israel, and uh, it shows how thick and stupid I was. I didn't realise the kibbutz I was on was only a few miles from Nazareth, and obviously a few miles pretty close to the West Bank. So, you know, podcast 24 or whatever, I told you that when I was there, and I took it all very tongue-in-cheek, at night the perimeter was guarded by guys with machine guns, and we had regular air raid drills. So um, I guess it gives a whole new meaning, Russ, to dodging a bullet. Mm, Ah, I had a question about, because when it all started, I I thought about your time in Israel, Peter. And I wondered what like the tensions were kind of like then. I think I was fortunate. I, I was there for a few months until we ran away from the kibbutz. It was too much hard work. I think it was a period of relative peace. I don't remember, because I, I did briefly go to Jerusalem. I don't remember feeling intimidated or frightened. It seemed like a normal place. On the other hand, there were kind of signs in the background. I remember going to a railway station, for example, and in the sidings, even though the, you know, the Seven Day War was three years gone, there was lots of battered armaments, you know, tanks with the turrets blown off and so on and so forth. I think when you are young, I think I think your youth and your stupidity in a funny way protects you and you, you're too green and naive to fully take on board what happened. I mean, the other day, I, I was up in the attic. I, I don't go there when I fall out with your mum, by the way, Russ. <laughs> That'd be quite an interesting one, isn't it? I, I go up to the attic. Now the shed's burnt down. <laughs> I can't go in the shed. I don't know if I ever told you, Chris, the shed that burnt down, the previous owner, it was a man den. It had a TV in there. It had a magazine rack. It had a darts ball. It had a drinks cupboard. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I haven't replicated that up in the attic. But uh, 
I came across um, when I was rooting around, because I keep all my diaries and journals up there, and my LP collection, actually. I found a 1960s newspaper, two newspapers, actually. One was uh, the Manchester Evening News. Can you see the size of it? Wow, that's massive. It's it's the size of a tabletop. And you look at it, this is a Manchester paper. Women fleeing Congo River Dunkirk, armed rebels roam street. Capital Falls, police in Malmel, gas quells, angry mob, five killed in riots. Then, then you've got, this is typical Manchester, man dies after saving dogs. That's, that's on that jumps out to me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this, is, this is front page. This is front page. You've, you've got riots and uh, people being uh, maltreated, battered bodies found in copses. Then you've got, down here, you've got Ginger Rogers falls off stage. <laughs> what I'm driving at here is the other one I've got. This is um, a national daily, which is also the same size. This one is Friday the 8th of July 1960. Soldiers raped us, say women. Uh, then you can win a V8 rolls. And we've got Dandy Kim's friend dies in blast. We've got Sterling Moss on front. Then right at the bottom, we've got new police swoop on Mau Mau. But what interests me, that the whole front page of both papers is pretty... Um, Pretty alarming, isn't it? And, that, and this was when I was a little boy in short pants at primary school. I know you like these historical references. On the front page of the Manchester paper, you've got some half-price offers from the uh, Poldens of Piccadilly. You can get a three-piece suite, 70 quid. A pair of men's shoes, 29 shillings and 11 pence. Half-price lino lengths, 12 shillings and 3 pence. And if you're really keen, you can buy a tea trolley, 19 and 11. Okay? So that, that was 1p off a pound. Yeah? Mm. That tea trolley, as you know, I used to look after an old lady, would now be sold for 50, 60 quid as what? What do you think it would be sold as? It wouldn't be a tea trolley, obviously. What would you use it for? It would be like a drinks trolley. Cocktail. Yeah. In, in, fact, in fact, your sister's got it. Oh, does she? I don't want you to get envious here. But it begs the question, doesn't it? Does anything ever change? I mean, I've got two historical encyclopedias over there. I've got them open at the 60s and at, at the 70s. And um, because we're focusing on these podcasts, on music, there's a whole page spread about the 60s, the 60s music and there's also a whole page spread about the 70s so i'm kind of vindicating why these podcasts do serve a purpose because i think the music of the 60s and of the 70s and of the 80s maybe less so i'm going to talk about today were very very important and i think the music is definitely for everybody a cultural milestone do you agree i don't think many yeah. people there aren't many people out there who are completely divorced from having any interest or love of music that, that's my mm. view even in that back in time for tea whatever it's called they always reference the music of the time don't they oh god russell you're not watching daytime television no, my it's friend it's an evening you? show i do quite enjoy it mm, bloody honest, i'll be, pa- I'll be what, passing what is you it's, it's that one where they get a family you know and they're like all right you're going to start in the 1930s Wow. And, you know, they change the house to make it look like the 1930s. Oh, okay. And they okay. can only eat 1930s food. Uh, and then oh, I know exactly what that yeah, was. It, yeah. It's, it's to show the kids how, how easy they've got it now. And then for the parents to get n- nostalgic. 
That's an interesting idea, isn't it? Well, I, I think they decided to expand it as well. You know, like I think the most recent one, he's done a Pakistani family. So they kind of started to highlight, like they even highlighted racism. Okay. I think they were only in a corner shop and then one episode they decided to smash in the windows and oh. like go home. Do you know, do you Bloody know, hell. We, 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 we don't do much preparation for this show, but... Um, in a few minutes' time, I'm going to be talking briefly about the National Front and about skinheads and such like, mm. but we're going to have to change the order here a bit, <laughs> I think. I mean, going going back to the 70s, the song I was playing when you came in was the Billy Joel original that had been, I think, brilliantly transformed by Fallout Boy. Interestingly, that Fallout Boy song is essentially a list, isn't it? It's a, yeah. list, a list of events. What I've got here, what will interest you, is I used to play this when you were babies, when you and Charlotte were babies, to get you asleep. And this album is by The Beloved... And the first song, the title song, is called Hello, which I think is well worth a listen to, and that is also a list. So funnily enough, when you were in the womb, Russell, and when Charlotte was one year old, this would have been playing in the background. If any people out there who are really into their music, you know, we like to play these games about songs that reference items of clothing. I wonder if you can think of any songs that contain lists of stuff. Because I, I think it's a really good little hook. It's pr probably a cheap and easy way of doing a song, isn't it? Because yeah. all you've got to do is check out events. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, my, my mind straight away went to the 12 days of Christmas. Seems <laughs> yeah. That yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, if you go to the 70s, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to funnel the audience into, you know, if you weren't alive then, you'll have to imagine it. If you were alive, if there's anything you want to include in it later, just tell me. I mean, for me, the 70s, for me personally, it was goodbye heady idealism. Hello, Vietnam. Welcome Watergate. The Soviets were in my beautiful Afghanistan that I'd visited. The Middle East was in flames. Mm. What's new? Hijacks, hostages, recession, inflation, unemployment. Reference this, Dawson's Field. Does that mean anything to you? That was a hijacking. Mm. Munich, IRA, the revolution will be televised. That's actually the title of a, of a very well-known album. Do any of you know it? I just think that TV show. Yeah, uh, the revolution yeah, will be... A, yeah, there's this... Sure. What's it called? Revolution will be oh, televised. Okay. Yeah. 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 Ayatollah Khomeini, and of course the biggie that I'll come on to today, without any obvious bias, is it was Yair Thatcher. Ah. Okay. Mm. Now, when, when do you think? You obviously probably don't know level history, British history. When do you think Mrs. Thatcher was elected? What year would it be? Have a little a bit of a quiz here for you. Was it the 70s? Yeah. I've got yeah. a computer in front of me, so... Oh. No, I'm, I'm too... Uh, so it's I'm, hosting, I'm too scared. So Chris knows it's 1979. I'll go into this in much more detail in a few minutes. Uh, the reason why Thatcher, in a way, is very tightly linked to music, the kind of vibe, the national feeling that uh, Mrs Thatcher engendered, certainly for large uh, tranches of the population, became very important in how people behaved and what music they were attracted to. If you go into the 80s, I'm, I'm going to briefly go into the 80s, you've got Glasnost, Perestroika. That's very German. Uh, the Soviets left Afghanistan. Which is a bloody lesson, isn't it? You, if you don't want half your citizens killed, don't go into Afghanistan. 
remember I'd be going down the Khyber Pass and there'd, there'd be all these monuments to all yeah. these British regiments where half of them had been killed. And, of course, the big thing, 1989, the wall went down, Berlin Wall there went we down. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about it today, but Chris might not know this. Uh, just before Charlotte was born, Julie and I, we did quite an extensive tour of Russia and we went to, you know, what became all the stands. So maybe episode 80, I'll talk to you a little bit about Russia. That'd be interesting. Okay, okay. Okay, but the whole point, and I think this is really important to say at this time, the whole point for me is if you remove the layers of big history, what I've just been running through with you is big history. What are you left with? I mean, what does the lived experience for people like us look like? Do you like that term, by the way, lived experience? Mm. If, if you switch Radio 4 on or whatever, <laughs> it'll be, you know, forget what you've read, forget what you hear, what's your lived experience? Does, do you like that term? Yeah. Like lived experience. But, I mean, I, I'm not going down some kind of uh, hypothetical rabbit hole here, but th to me there are millions of people, tell me if I'm wrong, who just feel all right with the basics of life, the simple joyous stuff. You know, if you're lucky, you've got a job. If you're lucky, you've got a reasonable income. You, you've got a relationship that's workable. You can occasionally, like you're going to watch the concert, enjoy some culture, the occasional joy. And you just really want to be left in peace. I know from when I was briefly in the kind of therapy game, I've told you this before, one of the first tips you, you would give somebody if they wanted to improve their mental health was... Stop listening to the bloody news. Turn the TV off. Turn the radio off. Certainly don't buy a newspaper. Just keep yourself basically informed. You know, don't completely cut yourself off in a, in a stupid way. Does that make sense to you? I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I used to drive to work and because I had Classic FM on, the news would come on you know, at 8 o'clock or whatever. I got into the habit of turning it down. Because I was getting to work angry Interesting. or depressed. Interesting. And yeah. you imagine that at a national level. Yeah, national and I'm sure level. I read somewhere yeah. that there has been a study that if you listen to the news in the morning, you're more likely to you know, start your day mentally F depressed. Feeling, feeling a bit in a goblin state. You're yeah. in a goblin state, yeah. Same for you, Chris. Yeah, definitely. I've reduced the amount I read and listen to the news. Oh, Just okay. kind of what you say, keep yourself aware yeah. of what's going on but don't yeah. dig too deep yeah. i mean i've i've quite in enjoyed using have i got news for you to get my updates oh, okay because <laughs> i watched it last night so when you brought up oh. thatcher i saw chris's eyes roll and i'm like i know why because they made a reference to kia starmer saying yeah. he likes thatcher and i thought oh chris is probably rolling his eyes at that it, well it wasn't that but it's just more <laughs> thatcher in general yeah for all our American listeners, <laughs> all four of you, the show just referenced is a comedy show. It's like a comedy panel, isn't it? Yeah. Where, where they discuss recent political events, but in a humorous fashion. And occasionally it is genuinely funny. I always have a good chuckle. Because I, I don't know about you guys, I mustn't diversify here, I know, but I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I can watch, say, live at the Apollo, uh, this is an interesting question for you. And your mum and I watch it. And I, I'm willing to laugh at anything. But I can watch these so-called comics, these so-called comedy shows. And I don't find them one iota funny. Is it me just getting old? No, or, I, I, I'd agree. I was going to say, Chris, you, you've seen a lot of comedians I, in I'd, your time. I'd agree. I think it's because, though, shows like Live at the Apollo, they're 
appealing to a wide range of people. That's the the point. They're trying to appeal to everyone, whereas comedy can't appeal to everyone. You can't do right. that. Yeah, and, and I guess a lot of the comedians who appear on shows like Live at the Apollo, they're maybe not up and coming, but they're not big hitters, are they? I think yeah, it's part I'd, of it. I'd yeah, agree. Yeah, I'd just yeah. like to point out as well that we have have I got news for you to blame for Boris Johnson, the rise of Boris Johnson. That's true. Oh, actually, actually, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he, it, it he was a guest and he presented it and it made him seem likeable and affable. A reasonable and person, oh. yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, um, you, you, maybe I'm speaking personally, you, you feel like you're a member of a great kind of, not uninterested and not disinterested, it's hard to explain, but you're unwilling to get involved. And, and part of you thinks, you know, with these crises, how can I get involved at a realistic level? And you feel like you're part of a kind of clubby, silent majority, just getting on with your own little life. And big history seems very remote. It's like an incomprehensible enigma. I mean, do you, do you guys feel the same? I think, yeah. you know, this isn't a political programme, but uh, I get a feeling that with each passing generation, you are experiencing a significant disengagement from the political process. And part of that, I guess, and I hope I'm not cynical, is disillusionment. What do you think? I think people don't see themselves represented in the political establishment. Oh. I was going to say, aren't young people getting a bit more into it? Or is... it, it I think it depends on... I think it's the more likely for people at the extremes of the political spectrum to be involved uh, younger. Yeah, that's that's in interesting. Mm, that is interesting. I mustn't use the word interesting because I, I listened to podcast seventy-five or whatever, and I said, "Oh, that's interesting!" about fifty <laughs> times. So you need your list. Bang the tape. I need my list back, don't I? Anyway, and a final word here. I mean, hopefully. We can kind of microdose today, drug reference, on, on a bit of ordinary pop joy. So today I'm, I'm going to go late 70s, mid 80s. OK, so the schedule today, we'll re-enter. If you remember the last podcast, I was talking about the gradual decline of punk. I'm going to talk about the Thatcher era and we'll cruise through what was around until the mid 80s, which, of course, was just before you were born. But what I find really interesting just to repeat a point I've made before, I can often meet somebody who's maybe 17, 18, maybe 20, something like that, and they'll have, bizarrely, uh, an encyclopedic uh, knowledge of Led Zeppelin or Jethro Tull or people like that. I watch a quiz show called Pointless, for example. Maybe people who watch it are pointless. I don't, that's five o'clock daytime, guys, so... Uh, <laughs> But often on Pointless, you'll see a much younger person and they'll be Beatles fanatic and they'll know all the songs and everything. Do you find that weird? My, my, si mean, my we... sister's like that. She knows she's, she loves the Beatles. She knows everything. Well, so she, she wouldn't know the same about the Stones? No. Probably not. No, I... People become like fixated with one band, don't yeah. they? Yeah. But I, th I think the Beatles are a well worth um, investigation. Anyway, I'm going to focus today. This is my kind of menu. I'm going to be looking at post-punk, new wave. I'm going to be looking at synth-pop 
and the new romantics. Now, I must ask you guys, do any of those terms mean anything to you? They ring a bell. I couldn't name yeah. anyone because I'm rubbish at music genres. Right, so it's going to be quite interesting if any of this rings any bells and you might say to me, oh, there's this band I know, an American band, and I think they were really heavily influenced by so on, yeah? I mean, I'm fascinated by subcultures and uh, I'm interested in the... Um, not just how things work culturally. I'm fascinated, as you know, over these 70 podcasts, how things work commercially. If you look at the 70s, I'll go into detail later. I've spoken to Andy about this. You had a massive growth in technology. So you had synthesizers, you had drum machines, you had all sorts of equipment that enabled almost a much more DIY ethos to evolve. And you also had CDs came. You know, vinyls really died death, I would say, in the late 80s, early 90s. No, no. I mean, you didn't grow up buying vinyls, did no, you? No, no, we were CDs and tapes. Yeah. And I'm also interested in the kind of interface between pop and fashion. I know you two guys were quite interested in grunge, and with grunge, there was a definite fashion element, wasn't there? Or was it, would you call it an anti-fashion element? Well... Probably that people would say anti-fashion. I'd, I'd say Charlotte used grunge for her fashion right. taste so, when she was going through that period. So what would girly grunge look like? Oh, probably similar to grungy boy. What would you say, Chris? Ripped baggy jeans? Yeah. Old yeah. trainers? Long sleeve t-shirt? You'd, you'd call it looking distressed now. Distressed. Yeah. Distressed jeans. Ah, okay. Yeah, because as you know, I was around. I knew a couple of the people connected with Happy Mondays and great news for Manchester because Happy Mondays created that baggy fashion, Mm. which I don't know if it links in with the grunge or whatever. So I'm interested in fashion. Uh, What I'm trying to do, Chris, because I know you're a bit of a film specialist, you're a bit of a film buff. What I'll try and do over the next few podcasts, because I, I think particularly with the growth of MTV, I think film video became absolutely crucial to acts i'm going to talk to you later about um for example spandau ballet and duran duran and they were supreme video artists i think later on you had frankie goes to hollywood i mean are you familiar with any of those three yeah i know all all of them so what about uh duran duran i mean would you listen to any duran duran or spandau ballet They've probably been on the background with my parents playing them when I was younger. Yeah, something like that. Okay, yeah. It's but, very, yeah. very... Yes, see, the other thing is, I mean, during the Thatcher era, you know, capitalism, if you want, really, really took off. And uh, obviously anything corporate during the hippie era, and I've explained that to you in great detail before, or anything corporate in the punk era would have been complete anathema. During the Thatcher era, many people generally and uh, you know some, some groups in particular, they didn't scorn materialism and capitalism and all that stuff. They really embraced it. Does that make sense to you? What I find interesting, Russell, is uh, I mean, your mum, your mum and I, you know, are sixties, seventies now, aren't we? But you have younger relatives, don't you? Some of whom during the Thatcher era would have been, what, in their mid-30s, later 30s. Now, I think it really, really influenced their thinking. It really did, but we, we can come on to that. 
You see, Thatcher uh, was elected in 79. And, okay, Chris, you've got it in front of you. How many terms of office did Mrs. Thatcher enjoy? Actually, two. Um, three or four. Oh. Yeah, that's right. So she, she was basically there, amazingly, for the whole of the 80s. Just to, yeah. give, you, just to give you a little bit of a history lesson, she, she basically fought pretty savagely against union power. You had the miners' strike, which was very important. That's got big musical links. You had wide, widespread working-class unrest. You had, obviously, related law and order issues. You know, without sounding like a prig or a Daily Mail reader, I don't think anybody who listens to this buys the Daily Mail. I, I, I mean, I think what you saw, it began in the 60s, and people like me, in, in a small way, were kind of partly responsible for it. I think you had a destabilisation of family values. And I've got to say, you know, without guilt, I mean, I think the growth and growth, and if you want, the normalisation of the drug culture was largely responsible for that. When I'm talking destabilisation, I'm talking levels of divorce, duh, 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 yeah, single-parent families, etc., all those kind of metrics. I, I don't know if it's because I'm fairly big. I've never really been in a full-on fight you know, I've never been down there, kind of hunched up in a fetus position, being, <laughs> being kicked. Uh, I have seen fights. But during that late 70s era, there was a very threatening youth culture, uh, which, if you want, I think it was fairly fascistic. It was certainly racist. And you, you had groups like the National Front. I mean, do, do you two know anything at all about the National Front? Because National Front uh, it probably even had a few, briefly, uh, seats, you know, in, in political gains in certain parts of the country. Is that what kind of merged into the BNP? And Absolutely, stuff, yeah, Chris? the National Front. What a little bit of one thing I find a bit funny. My old friend from the Midlands and I met up recently. and We were going to meet up at a stately home. That's what happens to you when you get old. You go for kind of cups of tea and a, a look around the gift shop. Do you know what I mean? I feel like me and Chris are already at that stage, yeah. aren't we? <laughs> oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute. But um, when I texted him, I just made a mistake on the keyboard and I said to him, are you still a member of the NF, National Front? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of putting the National Trust, you know, and I think, I think it upset him a bit. Painting a picture for you, and I don't, I don't want to make it too grim. I was up in the attic earlier looking for an album that I thought I had. I couldn't put my hands on it, but it shows the band Joy Division. You know, I've spoken to you about Joy Division fantastic Manchester lads um, and it shows them it looks like it's midwinter they're standing in Hume somewhere in Hume well, I know exactly where it is in Hume and they're standing next to this flyover the whole cover is basically tones of grey and they're all standing there in great coats shivering by this flyover where the motorway takes you into town do you know where I'm talking about do you know the, you, Mancunian you, you, Way yeah 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 you would have been down that road yeah many, I was but, there this morning we were there this morning, but it, it, you know, Manchester has really picked up. I mean, I, I used to, during the 70s and 80s, you know, have the occasional foray into London, and obviously I was living in, in Manchester, and um, because I, I still knew people in the Midlands, I used to go back to the, to the West Midlands 
quite often. And this isn't a misery memoir or anything, but urban environments. If you want to be charitable, I think you'd say you're in a transitional period. I mean, when I put my head down to sleep and I dream of that period, I don't exactly see fairy glades and you know happy people wandering around with the you know, rainbows and, and or unicorns and shit like that. I mean, what what I remember are kind of urban environments that were a kind of half derelict mashup of road, grey concrete plaza cenotaph cenotaphs to me always loom large you know these big war memorials oh, yeah. you have in places subways subways were really big in those days and if you needed to be careful because i used to go down to this um art cinema in hume chris would love it it had it showed movies foreign language movies <laughs> Uh, we used to get off the bus near the Polytechnic and walk through this kind of system of subways that took you to this cinema in Hume called the Arbon, and uh, you, you were just dreading meeting anybody. You know what I mean? Because it, it could get a bit heavy. I think of Stratford Subway for that. Yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah. You'd always just run through it and pray yeah. no one's at the other end. Yeah, yeah. Nowadays, it's more likely to be a loony, isn't it? You seem to have gone from the heavy thug to the... uh, Still scary. Still scary. Still still scary. Maybe even more so, because they're unpredictable. I mean, I I worked in an area of Withenshaw, and quite a number of them were actually blocked off and closed Mm. down. Yeah, Subway. There used to be a punk band called the Subway Sect. Is it now a sandwich shop called Subway? Really? Well, that's where we've gone, isn't it? I mean, just to reiterate something I probably said to you in podcast 15, and I'm not exaggerating here, there, there was a tangible feeling of decay. You know, the, the factories were shutting, the block, all, all that kind of stuff. It, it was genuine. And I have to say to you, I mean, compared to now, it can at times seem pretty grim, but back then it was, it was much, in some ways, much more grimmer. But, you know, I'll get back to this later on. If you look at a lot of studies, research papers, and you ask the basic question of people, how do you find living in this modern age, blah, blah. Despite all the kind of relative luxury you're surrounded with, the great majority of people, I think it's a psychological thing, will hearken back probably to their 20s or probably to their teens. And they will often come up with shit like, yeah, the 80s were a great time. And they're forgetting that in some ways it wasn't a great time. It's like false remembering. Does that make sense to you? It's probably because you have less to worry about. Because me and Chris probably think back to our teenage years with blissful thinking. Because we didn't have rent, we didn't have mortgages, we didn't have a nine to five. We were just pissing around in the park, weren't we, Chris? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. That's really true. I mean, you know, painting, putting a few more tones on the painting here. In the 80s, you had a lot of regeneration and... For many people, not all, you had very much a change of mood. It was like putting different colours on the palette. Because, you know, you know, I've described punk to you. I think a lot of young people in particular are thinking, what the fuck, you know, do I want to spend my time applauding boredom and despair and anger and so on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, kind of, that kind of human instinct. Oh, my God, I want to dance. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I mean, pogoing, I guess, was dancing in a way, but... Uh, it's an interesting one. Well, 
Well, folks, that's a wrap for this week. Pizza's itching to dance, and let's face it, as just discussed, life doesn't always match up to our rosy memories. Should I actually be saying, that's a wrap for the year! I'm gearing up for a Christmas-induced hibernation, so the next episode might have to wait until the new year kicks off. Before I slip into that festive coma, a huge thanks to all of you for joining Peter, Chris, and myself on this podcast journey throughout the year. We're wishing each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and a fantastic New Year. May your holidays be absolutely fantastic. And on to the next one.